everybody. I'm Marianne Katsidis, and this is the Heart-Led Changemaker podcast. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone where it felt so juicy and inspired that it left you feeling energized and ready to take on the world? There have been countless times I wished I could have recorded conversations like that because it felt criminal that no one else got to hear or experience that feeling. Those conversations ignite something inside of you because you visualize a new way to connect with others and sometimes even a new world. This show will provide you with ways to stay focused on the future, some food for thought, new ideas and concepts, a way to create abundance ethically, a showcase of those already doing the work and succeeding, and a sense of connection. Being a change maker can be very lonely, so this will serve as a community for heart-led warriors. Sit back and let this high-vibe, heartfelt conversation light you up. Today's guest, Belinda Ryan, is fascinated by people, their stories, and how our experiences impact our lives. As a leading art therapist, counsellor, lecturer, and director of Ignite Art Therapies, Belle is passionate about the power of using creativity to problem solve, reflect, inspire, and motivate. Most recently, Belle's focus has been on providing a safe space for leaders to consider how they can best lead for the greater good. She believes that we all need a space to be real and acknowledge our experiences so that we can break through our barriers and realize true success, abundance, confidence, freedom, and purpose. Belle, welcome. Thank you for joining me on the show. Thank you for having me. I can't wait to see where our conversation goes today. (laughs) Me too, me too. Now, we bonded over our love of art therapy, and one of the things that we connected on was the fact that art therapy isn't a paint and sip session where you create something pretty, and even though that's fun, art therapy is really about releasing emotion. Do you find you still need to explain that to clients and groups at the beginning of a session? Uh, definitely. I think one of the things that as a society, we sort of, when we hear the word art, we think of things having to look good and, and be that rather than what it brings in the moment. And uh, one of the things I love about the art therapy space in particular is that it's able to put words to things that we can't necessarily find the words for or want to talk about and that type of thing. So I'm constantly trying to explain it, but it's one of those things that is really hard to explain because you need to experience it and be in the moment and it's not cookie cutter. So it's really hard to describe what somebody does in a session or when I go into organisations and do workshops. Uh, It's really hard to describe what we do because it's so dependent on the moment and the interaction that people have with the art. But yeah, paint and sip while it's fun, it's connection, it's that type of thing. It's certainly not what I do. Yes, I agree. Art therapy is a really great way to go deeper and to go beyond the cognitive. In your opinion, how do you know that is what's happening when you're facilitating? I trust the art has it. And I trust that the person or people that I'm working with, they know what to do. So we all have inner resources, like things that are inside us that we don't realise are there. So, And we're often looking elsewhere for something. 
And so what I love is that the art therapy process or the art helps you express. You may not know what you're doing or why you're doing it, but there is something being held there through a shape, a line, a color, a texture, the way something's put together, the metaphor and symbolism that plays out in the moment are all really important parts of this. And that's where it's it naturally goes from our cognitive mind our thinking mind into what is this experience and what do I need to explore right now? So that's what I love about that aspect of it too. Are you explaining to people what the colours mean and what they're connected to on an emotional level when they're going through the art therapy or are you really just leaving them to it to, to stay focused on themselves and their own thoughts? Yeah, so one of the things I think that we quite often as a society want is the answers and this means this and <laughs> this is like, you know, there's a line here so it means this and you know we want meaning and we're meaning making people but the way that I work is allowing people to do have the experience for themselves and do that and then I ask questions about it for us to explore so for instance something like someone's done something in red that could mean 5,000 different things it's not for me to say what it means for you it's about you to discover that for yourself because one day red might be I'm angry The next day, it might be that it's love. So it's about in this moment, right now, this is what the person's experience is. And we're just having an explore. We're being curious. We're seeing what's there. Some things might have meaning, some things don't, but sometimes there'll be an emotive reaction to something where it's like, oh, there might be some information here. Let's have a look at that further and more closely. But yeah, I'm certainly not interpreting. It is about what is happening for you in the moment. What I see in the image can often be about me. So it is, um, that's why we don't interpret and we just have a look and see what's there and be really curious because that's where the insight happens and the possibilities and the unknown becoming known um, because that's what we're aiming to do is like, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know what's happening. And then the art helps us find it. Yes, the art helps us find it. With your sessions, because they're in a group setting, is there a resistance? to letting go? Yeah, so one of the first things I do in, so often the group setting is in organisations. So I'm very aware that people don't want to reveal their soul on the table like they would with me one-on-one and in a more of a coaching sort of session. So it's about the context that we're in and why we're there and what we're trying to achieve. So quite often in the organisation workshops, it is around checking in with how you are, what are your strategies and how do you have optimal well-being? Because what we know is that in order for us to be productive, enjoy work, have a great positive culture in an organization, it comes back to us and our own well-being. And so, yeah, it's that thing of it's one thing that I'm very mindful of is what setting am I in? What's the aim here? Um, how do I keep people safe as well? But also, you know, the resistance is quite often just because in everyone's mind they're not very good at art. And it's like, actually, you don't need to be. This is great. I ran a workshop this morning with 120 people in an organisation and we did scribbles, like literally scribbled, and that was amazing. And what the insight and what they got from that was incredible. But 
yeah, some of the resistance is I don't want to reveal something about myself. You always have choice in the art therapy process as far as how far you go, what you reveal, what you share. Yes. Uh, but also, yeah, people's year three teacher might be in their, in their ear going, you're not very good at art. So, it's um, yeah, it's an interesting mix. But I think anything that feels different and unique or I don't know where I'm going and what's going to happen here can be a bit scary to people sometimes. And so it's about trusting themselves and trusting that I've got it and I'm going to hold this for you and we're going to just have an explore and see what happens. Yes, I love that. I uh, remember last year I ran an art therapy workshop for one of the charities that I was on the board for and there were teens who were challenged with mental health issues. So it was quite fitting for us to paint and play and, and so forth. But I got them to paint on big sheets of paper and I was getting them to paint with their hands. So they all had rubber gloves on and they were they were moving the paint around. So they, I was getting them to draw out all of their emotions and all of their feelings out through their arms, down through their hands and just move the colour across the page and just really get it moving anyway they were all getting well into it and at the end because they were releasing all their junk I asked them and they didn't know this was coming I asked them to tear the paper in half and in, in, in bits and put it in the bin and the resistance some went straight to the bin some had already ripped it without me even asking which was amazing but there were a couple of people in the group who were feeling very challenged by letting it go. And it's amazing how we hold on to the old stories, isn't it? Where we are attached to the pain programs, we're attached to the things that are harming our well-being. And instead of being joyful about that release and that feeling that want for the respite, there are some who are, uh, need that little bit of extra help and a little bit of coaching to let go. And those people, I did, I, you know, I, I was being really cheeky because they're teens, you know, so I could be a bit more playful rather than professional. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I was I was playful and I was like, why do you want to hold on to that shit? You know, like mm-hmm. this is your opportunity to let it go. And slowly but surely they all released it. So, some took a little bit longer than others. But it fascinates me that people don't really want to let go of their junk. And so I love that you're going yeah. into into corporates because, one, you're asking them to acknowledge their own wellness and, number two, it's actually releasing and cleaning it up and taking that responsibility. Yeah, definitely. And I think one of the things that um, I quite often talk about is, and one of the reasons why I work with adults mainly, is because we've got a lot of stuff we're carrying around with us (laughs) and it becomes familiar and a friend. And when we actually, like if we think about the baggage that we're holding, some of it's not even ours but somehow we, we, we're carrying it with us. But also some of it needs to change, And but we, we're too scared to have it change. And how do we lighten the load and what does that sort of happen? So like your example of people not wanting to rip it and release it, there's some, some information there. And so it's about that process. But I love finger painting and I'm no gloves I'm, unless you know, a client wants to. Yeah. Um, but also it's, yeah, that's the metaphor playing out in the moment because when you think about paint and t- literally touching it, you are spreading it. It is 
you're in your body, you're flowing, you know, and what we know about trauma is that's held in the body. So we're releasing it through that. It's flowing. It's doing all these things rather than going, you know, what would be the alternative? Oh, let's have a lesson on this and let's sit in our head and let's have a framework and let's have a model and here's some information that I will talk at you with. (laughs) Instead, and you're laughing at that, instead it's Let's be in the experience and see what happens and release it and let go and shift it and move it and change it in a safe way. So we're not dragging up everything, but it's metaphorically there. And what it does is help people express beyond what they could imagine. And you don't have to talk about it. No, you you definitely don't have to talk about it. It all says something. I love a good rip of paper. I can tell you that. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that's the thing is, yeah, it's about us. We all have life that we are carrying with us, whether it's messaging from our family, from friends, from society, the highlight reel, all of that stuff. We're carrying that with us. And so it's so amazing to to sit with people and go, okay, what are we going to do with this? And let's express it and have a look at that. Whether it's a more lighter workplace well-being, let's look at your self-care strategies, or it's the really intense, I've had some big stuff happen and I need to work work through that. Um, it all sits there together in the art. Absolutely. I know from personal experience, painting and art therapy specifically has provided me with really unique ways to see the things that have been challenging me and it creates unique perspectives. Do you personally use art therapy for your business and and moving through things on a strategic level? Yes. So um, I've had a few business coaches and, uh, you know, been part of goals, clubs and things like that. And it hasn't worked for me because it's too cognitive. It's like, actually, I need to get the colour paper out and work it out and um, find the strategy in a different way. So that's what I love is that it can work on lots of different levels. Like it can be that more planning, let's see what happens scenario and at the end of that it's like okay I've got my steps now I've just gone through this artistic creative process to find that it just looks very different so the last thing I resonate with when I'm doing planning is now follow the steps and here's a chart that you need to fill in it's just not my personality I need to draw in different colors and have arrows going across the page and you know there's a symbol that sits here and and does that so it's just the way that my brain operates and works but yeah I guess that's the thing it's saying that we can use art therapy in so many different ways and the creative process so for instance if I'm stuck on something whether it's business personal whatever it is I will go to the art to try and find a solution yeah I will paint or um, sometimes I love using colour piece of paper and putting pieces together and ripping things up and and doing that process. And and what that does is allow me to get clear because the art provides insight and then I'm like, oh, I've got the answer. I know what it is. Yeah. But it's allowing it to be, to evolve. So for instance, the other day I did a planning process and it started out that I was a little bit frustrated with something I couldn't quite reach what I needed to reach and do what I needed to do. 
So it was a real like pushing away from my body, did some art, and then I just instinctively knew I needed to bring something else in and it was using different pieces of colour paper and tissue paper and things like that. It started, I love the, the metaphor of fire, so it started out as a fire but then it ended up looking like a crown. And then I was like, oh, that's right. I'm trying to um, do all these other things, but I need to just focus on what my thing is. Um, And so it was really good because it was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm getting distracted. And fire for me, my business is called Ignite Wellbeing Co. That metaphor of, yeah, shine your light, do this, you know, let's let's go and focus on what you need to do. So I wasn't consciously thinking that that's where we'd end up, but that's what the process did. So it is that planning, I'm stuck on something, I need answers, it's problem solving, it's so many different things that sit there together. And I do that for myself as well as hold the space for other people and organisations. Yes, and I love that. I, I figured that you would. I, I couldn't have imagined that you were just doing and facilitating this for everyone else and not you. And I love I love the fire metaphor. I, I'm very connected to the fire element as well. But, you know, it, it signifies so many things. It signifies creativity. It signifies passion. It signifies a lot within you that is that is burning up to so that you're your full expression and yeah. uh, you know that that symbolism in and of itself and then the fact that it turned into a crown is about you being in your personal power which I just I love so mm-hmm. much I mean that's how you know that you've come back into your body you've anchored back out of the mind into the heart space and you're ready to step forward again you know out of that because when I'm painting it's usually because I've hit a wall somewhere emotionally you know physically or whatever it is and so I'll I'll just start painting and all of a sudden hour you know hours go past because I'm I'm layering on top of layers on top of layers on top of layers and I have the inspired thoughts start to flow through without me even trying all the things, all the questions that I've got, all the things that I haven't been able to see in my mind's eye, all of that starts to open up. And then I can go back and get into action mode, if you will. And yes. and yeah. I, I would think that you're, you would feel the same way. Yeah, definitely. And I probably, I probably don't do it as much as I um, would like to do. Um, me too, but me I too. remember when you were talking then, I was just thinking about I did, um, I studied counselling and then did a transpersonal counselling course. And this is before I did art therapy. And I never forget, I was like, I was processing all this stuff. There was lots of layers happening. But I would just instinctively, like one day I just went to the shop and bought all this paint stuff and just needed to paint. It was like something needed to come out of me um, as well. So, yeah, it just reminded me of that, that sense of we have all this stuff inside us and it needs to have a voice and that's that's what the art can do in so many different ways. Absolutely. And and it's it needs a voice, it needs to be expressed and it needs to be acknowledged without judgment as well. You know, yes. when you're when you're painting, it's very easy to start judging what's coming through and what it looks like. You know, sometimes it can mm. be a, a brown and black blob for the most part, and then all of a sudden something magical comes out of it. And that's what happens when you're going through those emotional cycles as well. Like that, it teaches you a lot about how you're working through your emotional equilibrium because you're you're observing the key is to observe it rather than judge it and just let it be whatever it's going to be and trust that it will it will end and it'll finish when it's supposed to yeah and i think one of the things that i notice with clients as well as just observe the world a little bit is that we're in this sort of zone where 
we need to have all the answers and it needs to be perfect and we need to be on this. And um, we've lost our sense of curiosity and to see how things evolve. You know, we need to know the end point. And it's like we miss the process in that. And that's what the art therapy, it's the process that is the most important part of this. And it's like, let's see what happens and what do we see and how does that feel and what's happening in this experience that then is insightful for your life. Yeah, so it's not just about getting the perfect art. It's never about the product. It's about what happens in the moment. And sometimes the mistakes, in inverted commas, (laughs) are actually where the gold is it's the mark it's the stuff that went not planned and all of that stuff that really can become where the gold is that's where the light is and and where um, attention needs to go so that's what's amazing about it and that's what I love about it after all these years you know I've been working in this space for about 20 years it still amazes me I'm like wow isn't it amazing that that accidental fingerprint on that thing becomes really significant in the context of this picture, which then becomes significant about your life? Like, that's amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. There's one artwork that I created as part of my last collection, and almost all of my artworks are paintings on top of paintings on top of paintings, and everything for me is about texture because I'm very much about how do things feel. So, you know, what does the environment feel like? What is the the things I'm digesting feel like? What am I feeling? All of those things. And so texture is very important, but there was one that I painted, and and in the middle it, it looked like when I finished it, it, in the middle, it looked like two two sort of sections, if you will, and they looked like lungs that had been burnt for the most part, right? They were yeah. black and they, they had burnt, but I had sprinkled gold all through it. So it looked like through the, the shadow and the darkness of my grief, all this magic was coming through. And it was beyond all of my expectations. Like it was st- absolutely stunning. And I went to bed and I woke up in the morning and the gold had immersed itself into the into all the sh- like the shadow if you will energetically it was in you know now in the gold was in the shadow and so I had to for aesthetic purposes because I was selling that artwork I put the gold back on top <laughs> I had to redo another layer of the gold but even that the symbolism of even with the shadow, even with the darkest parts, the things that you don't really want to face, even the hidden aspects, there is magic to be found there. And it might be that you need a couple of attempts at it. So, you know, one art therapy session may not do the trick. You may need a few attempts at it to get it to where it needs to be. But that's that's also symbolic of how you support yourself too, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's not a quick fix all the time. And you think about gold going into the darkness, you know, that that might need a few layers and things like that. But also you think about the lungs and that's about breath and all of that sort of thing in life. And all you could have so much meaning in that as well. So, yeah, it's about that processing and, yeah, this needs a bit more work or we need time with this. We need it to dry. We need all of these things to sort of happen within that. And that's where the really insightful, powerful stuff is because it's taking time to look yes. and see and experience and feel. And and I love the way that you talked about the feeling of it because quite often we ignore our felt sense. 
of yes. things. It, you know, our mind will go, oh, no, this is the logical thing. Let's be rational. You know, it can't be that. But our body and our whole being is saying something else to us. And so that's what I love about the experience of creativity and working in this way is that we're actually looking at all of that. It's how do I feel my way through this, not think my way through this. Yes. And so also, that's sort of some of the cool stuff. Yeah, and also incorporating the play. Like let's play our way through these blocks. Let's play our way through that icky stuff feeling. Let's play with a full stop at the end. Yeah, definitely. And I am sometimes like people are dealing with some big stuff in our sessions or, um, yeah, and it's like it can look really fun. Like say, for instance, I had an organisation that had a bit of conflict and lots of high staff turnover. So I knew that there was potentially going to be some big conversations and elephants in the room that needed to be called out. So they all walk in like as a law firm and they all walk in in their suits and um, I was like, and they all laughed at all the art stuff sitting there. And I said to them, okay, now let's get into teams and I want you to create something that represents the organisation. So there was a train that was off its tracks and none of the carriages were connected to each other. There was a bridge that was falling down. There was a garden that was trying to survive and there was a house on fire. So yeah. they described their organization it was fun and playful in actual fact the receptionist opened the doors and said can you be quiet i can't hear on the phone but we were able to have a really serious conversation around the your organization is described as a house on fire yeah um and then we were able to go well what are the techniques like where are the firemen how did the fire start why are there all the spot fires you know we're able to talk about things that you can't if we talked about that in the the real world like the logistics of it, it would have ended in conflict, defensiveness, barriers would have come up, all of that. But what we're able to do is cut through that. It's fun, it's playful, we're making stuff, we're getting in our bodies, we're doing all this stuff, and we're able to have these serious conversations at the same time. And so that's what I love about that um, is the play can actually cut through and allow some really serious stuff to be explored, expressed, talked about, looked at as well, but it's safe because it's in symbolism and metaphor. That's right. Well. And that and that's something that you do so well is you create a safety for your clients to have that expression and to share and to release. And, you know, you, you I mean, we met at a networking event and you were even doing that then. You know, I was like, oh, this lady right here. I, you know, I, I opened up to you within like a millisecond and it was beautiful. And it, there needs to be more people like you. But the fact that you can do that when these businesses are at, are in such a critical place and there is so much angst and anxiety and desperation and fear and, 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 but you're able to get them to see the humour in the chaos because that's a really good way of disarming all of that fear and then working on, you know, working together as a team to acknowledge it and then going, okay, well, what is my part in this? What part yes. did I play in that train coming off its tracks? What part yeah, did I and that's, play? That was, yeah, yeah, that was certainly part of the process as well. It's like what am I doing as an individual, as a team and an organisation uh, to help this, to fix this? 
and to move through it and shift it and prevent it happening again. So, yeah, thank you about saying I think sometimes I have an energy of you can tell me anything and I'm not going to be shocked or surprised or a bit of a let's cut to the chase and get real about things, um, which I think is really good. I love when people just share with me and, um, yeah, we we get to it. So well, that was good. that was definitely us. I was just blathering <laughs> on, you know. Um, but I, I, I did. You, you do have a, a beautiful energy and, and it, it is. It's easy for people to surrender, you know, how they're feeling to you. And it's it's so beautiful and so gentle. And, of course, it's one thing to be able to do that one-on-one, but to be able to do that with a group and especially a corporate group who are not, you know, spiritually inclined, they're not creative typically, they're very in the mind, very academic focused. So to get them to surrender, that takes a specific skill and it is an art in and of itself to be able to do that with people. And yeah, you like I said, you do it so well. Yeah, I think one of the things that um, is the key to that is I quite often, I will go into an organisation and I, I know what the outcome needs to be and what we're aiming for, but I don't plan it fully. I wait and see how it feels and what's needed in the, in the room because ultimately whether you're a lawyer, an accountant, a theatre producer or whatever you are, you're still a human being. So that's what I think it strips back to is like I'm just dealing with people here and everyone wants to be seen and heard yes, and acknowledged and understood. That is our, our need and our human interactions all come back to that. And so I think one of the great things that I, I thank the art for and the creative process or the, I don't know, it can be pipe cleaners and pop sticks or whatever it is, is that that allows people to be seen and heard. I'm holding the space for that and have the container for that. But no matter what is happening, people aren't being talked at. They are actually interacting with their own experiences. And so it immediately disarms them because it's coming back to what is this for me? How am I able to be seen and heard in this? And whether it's a room at a conference where there's 400 people in the room or there's 10 people who I can be really more personal with, the art holds that. It allows people to go, how am I? And what am I actually thinking about this? And how am I really? What do I show the world and what is actually happening internally? Because that can be very different. And it's actually going, yeah, this is what's happening for me. And then we move to what, what do we do with that? I mean, it's it's certainly a different way to reflect and connect to what you need to do in order to live the life that you want. But why do leaders, in your opinion, why do leaders need to experience this and get their teams being more creative in this way now more than ever? Because we spend so much time in our head that it blocks the possibilities. Yeah. It boxes everything in. And so when you think about this like design thinking and things like that, to me, that just seems like obvious. So why wouldn't you do it that way? Because what it's doing is if we use creativity and think about doing things differently, it produces new perspectives and possibilities that you can't just think about. You need time to brew on things. It's it's the group think. It's the collective that can bring amazing things. And I think as um, leaders, you know, and I think about people who are CEOs and people in senior management, there is so much compliance and you need to do this and then there's the wages and there's like managing people and there's so many different things. But if we can bring creativity into it, it can bring a different perspective and a different lens 
things and then allow new things to emerge or thinking there might be a better way to do something. But we don't know that because we're so stuck in the way that we've already always done it or my thinking brain can only produce so much stuff. And so it's about the potential of what else could be. And having said that, we don't not think when we're creative. Like we still come back to what does this mean? What actions do I need to take? All of those sort of planning and goal setting and all that stuff is all within it as well. So I think it's just I would really love for people to embrace this a lot more so that they can be free of having to think through things all the time and hold on to things and, yeah, the potential and possibilities that something like a creative process can bring for people is refreshing. In actual fact, the client that I just saw, we talked about the refreshing aspect of the old, their old self versus embracing who they are now um, and how refreshing that is. Of yeah. course. Yeah. For me, it's all of that. And the fact that you're getting people to go back into the heart space rather than in the mind. The mind has no business being there when it comes to leading and connecting. When you're managing a group of people, you need to lead from the heart if you're going to inspire, if you're really truly wanting to create change there, if you're wanting them to perform at their best, they need to feel that you are driven by the heart, not the mind. So that's human connection. That's right. And it, it changes the language that you use when you're in the heart space because you can still, I was a high performing leader, but that's because I was always in the heart. And that was kind of like my secret weapon, if you will, because no one else was really operating that way. And consistently for years and years, I was I was winning awards across the board and, and irritating a lot of people as a result, but it was good for me. But that's because I genuinely cared about the people I was leading and I, I wanted them to know as much as I could while I was, you know, healing all my own things at the time. I wanted them to know that I was I was in the trenches with them. I cared about their well-being. I was fighting for them at every turn because the environment that I was in was very turbulent. Their KPIs were changing what felt like every minute of the day. Their rosters were being changed with like two days notice, which was not HR approved, but they were doing it anyway. And it was like, just comply. And it was breaking my heart because these people had families and they knew that I knew it was terrible and I didn't, you know, I didn't sugarcoat it. I I was just coming back to what did they need from me from the feel place? What do they need? They didn't need the words like, you know, but this is what corporate have said and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the standard tone. They wanted to be acknowledged. Yeah, they actually needed, they needed to know that I understood this was a problem and they needed to know that I was in there willing to deal with it. And the only way to do that is by being in your heart. You can't think your way through that you can't be mechanical and when you're so overwhelmed and you're so stressed and you're so tired it's really easy to step into just action mode just tasks and you know you just want people to do what you want them to do because it feels too hard taking that time to connect in that way but the best part is that by taking some time to bring your group together to do something creative, to bring everybody, to bring them to that point of surrender, that's the beginning of a very good foundation and it helps to get everyone back on track and it it gives people a way to express their frustration and get it out rather than them harboring it and it's sitting in that, 
you know, all that angst over and over and over and letting it bubble and bubble until they snap or they burn out or whatever it is that, you know, is is happening now, which is all of those things, you yes. know, I think it's critical, but reminding them to drop into the heart space, I think is is the other big piece. Yeah, definitely. And that sense of we need to do, 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 but actually we need to be sometimes. Yes. And it's about what's actually happening here between us and how do we connect through that and and what happens. And, yeah, the word disease just kept coming up, you know, that dis-ease <laughs> and the uncertainty and all of that stuff when people don't know what's happening and don't feel like they are connected with um, can really put people in a place that's not that positive as well as, we need to be seen and heard and acknowledged and it's it's human to human, it's heart to heart. It's, you know, without it necessarily being big, deep and meaningful, it can be really simplistic and heartfelt in as far as I see you. Here you are, I'm holding space for you. And that's what I get the the honour of doing in, you know, particularly in my one-on-one things is I'm, I'm literally holding the space for you to do what you need to do. And I think every day uh, we can do that for others as well. So, yeah, hats off to you for bringing the heart to, to leadership as well, particularly when you can't always control some of the circumstances that are happening around it. But you can also make people feel a lot better because you've seen them. Yeah, and look, you know, at the beginning uh, stages of, of my life, leadership career I was young and I had a lot to provide a chip on my shoulder I I was out there you know with in the full fire mode burning everyone and anything to a crisp you know and I learned very quickly that that was not going to sustain me and I certainly wasn't going to create longevity for myself behaving like that and it, it was a growth thing I was I was early 20s for crying out loud so of course you know at 24 I thought you know I can rule the world you know very much in that space but over time and it wasn't long when I realized hey I'm not getting the relationships and the feedback that I really need I can't move these people I can't move this mountain like this and so I let myself because we were working so intensely together and we were doing shift work as well, it created an opportunity for me that I didn't even realize. And so naturally I just started doing it and we got very, very close and we were we were like a family. We, we were treating each other like that. And some of those, some there was definitely some dysfunction in there that you had to manage through like a parent. But for the most part, we were together and we were together no matter what was happening. And that, it made it easier for them to come and spend eight hours. You know, I was working at a telco at the time. It made it easy for those people to come and sit at a desk and answer phones over and over and over again, you know, and, and be on time restriction, all of those things. Yeah. And I'm just thinking about that whole aspect of being talked at rather than with, um, and it sounds like that shift was really positive yes. um, as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. I'm with you rather than at you. Yeah, but I think uh, senior leaders and CEOs especially need to do more of that. And I, I feel like as a way of protecting themselves, there is a, a mask that is put on almost like a little bit of a performance that goes on, but your people know that's not what's real and they need to feel, this is my message to the CEOs and senior leaders out there, they need to feel who you are 
if you want more from them, if you're going to make that change, if they're going, if you're going to revolutionize the way that the, the workforce is operating, they need to know where your heart is and why you're choosing to do the things that you're choosing to do. You know, there's yeah. there's no way yeah. that can happen without that. And you know, we're getting information overload all the time. Everyone's on their phones all the time, social media and so forth. The connection needs to be with the heart so that they pay attention because that's the yeah. out of the ordinary to me. And one of the great things about, well, there was lots of things that were really hard about COVID, but one of the things that actually um, really assisted, I think sometimes the the gap between management and the team was that it's like, we don't know what's happening. And they communicated that, like we're working it out. It's going to happen. But that showed a vulnerability and a sense of humanness and realness yes. Yes. Um, that came through. And what's been really fascinating to watch, particularly in the leadership space, is that sense of being vulnerable, sharing more of yourself, um, not just being about the information that needs to happen and the tasks. It's about who are you as a person and sharing some of that stuff that's tough yeah. in and your that's, life. That's or right. Or celebrating and- the great things as well. And that comes down to I'm a human being and share part of my heart with you. Absolutely. Mm. And that that's important from a recruitment perspective as well because I've seen that when people are applying for jobs, even when they're being thrown way more money than what that job really should be, you know, paid at, they're still not accepting those roles because they can't connect with the people that are are interviewing them and the organisation because there's not enough about who they are on a human level to encourage that connection. So someone who is communicating in that way, when you've got uh, senior leaders who are interviewing, sharing their own experience about why they're in that business and so forth, they're choosing those roles over the ones who are throwing them the money because at the end of the day, that doesn't really mean anything. Now, these days, I mean, it's good. It'd be great, but it's not everything. No, we're not robots. No. We're humans. and, and, And I think what's really fascinating about the generation coming through is that they need those other things. Yes. From a job and from a role as well. And, you know, maybe we've been conditioned a little bit out of that, but it's really awesome to see what's coming through. And it is about actually we're so connected through social media, technology, all that thing, but we're so disconnected as well and so I think that's what we're seeking is connection in a different way that's why talking circles have become such a big thing or um, there's lots of ways for people to connect in different different ways but also at work it's what's needed I don't come to work just to do a job I come to be a human being and have an experience and when you work in a toxic culture workplace oh it's horrendous and I work with a lot of people who it takes years to recover from that So, you know, I think that's why I'm passionate about this workplace explorations is because, yeah, we spend so much time there. It has such an influence on who we are as people and how we live our life whether it's working too hard, too little or everything in between, that we need to experience that in a really positive, fulfilling way and it have meaning rather than it just being about you're a good accountant and you can do all the numbers. <laughs> yes. And being creative is a really great tool to make that connection. If you're feeling a bit challenged to be vulnerable, you can use creative tools to help facilitate that with you and the team. So you don't have to just be out 
out there on your own being vulnerable and sharing, but you can actually use the creative aspects to let your guard down and join in with your people. Yeah, definitely. It's even something as simple as quite often at the beginning of a workshop, I will use picture cards because I want to know who's in the room. And so it's like, just choose a card to introduce yourself. So that's pretty open. They can choose whatever they like. And what's been fascinating in that, people have worked together for years and have found out things from each other about each other in that intro thing, which is basically to set the scene for the workshop and for me to get an idea of who who's here. And isn't that amazing? Because that's what a picture can do. It says a thousand words and people can project into it and talk about a different aspect of themselves through this process. And I think that's a really cool thing. It is very cool. And again, it is, it's a, it's a beautiful gift for them to have that experience and even just pause for a minute or an hour, however long it is to acknowledge, hey, I thought that I knew everything about what was going on in this workplace. Maybe I don't. Maybe there's some other perspectives that I need to start thinking about. And maybe I need to put myself in that other person's, you know, shoes and look at it from their point of view, which they might not have been doing as gracefully outside of that. Because it's easy when you're the one on the receiving end of some not great things. You don't really, in those moments when you're frustrated and you've got your cranky face on, you don't really want to look at it from the other person's perspective. But in those scenarios, you can you can come together in a number of different ways. And it doesn't, it doesn't even need to be a workplace issue. It might be dynamics within the team. It might be someone in the team is going through, and we're seeing this, terrible health issues, and that's having an impact and stressing out the team. So even using creativity to work through the feelings, you know, is just another opportunity. I mean, the the list is endless for the things that you can do with the, the creative side of things. Yeah, one of the reasons why it works and there are so many possibilities with how we could use creativity to help people through things is because it's external to us. So when you create something, it's out of you. You can see it differently. It mirrors something back to you. And it's not only the symbolism and metaphor that is safe, but it's the fact that you're talking about the art and the creativity and what you've created that then reflects something back. And that's where it is so powerful because it can be used in so many different ways, whether it's conflict, well-being, planning, strategic stuff, values, all of that sort of stuff can do it. But it's so safe because it's outside of you and then it's reflecting things back and you can see it differently. And it's really important to have new perspectives on things and see things from a different angle and uh, work through things in that sort of way. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I am so grateful for the work that you're doing with the corporates and individuals, obviously, is so necessary. And if I could put you in every workplace place I would. That's my like wish that more corporates spend more time investing in instead of more workshops and more thinking things, they need to start incorporating more feeling things and and getting people back into their body, out of the mind and letting them release some of the angst, some of the stresses that they're feeling within the workplace. And as we know, people bring their personal stuff in, whether we like it or not, they are. And using creativity in that way is is a, a good way way for them to erode any of those unnecessary blocks and and give their staff and their people a time to be compassionate and to give them some respite, which is so, so needed. 
Yeah, definitely. And it's I think we're in a really exciting phase where people are more aware. And yes, I'd love to go into every corporate place and, and help them with this too. But um, yeah, I think wellbeing. So for instance, this morning, I did a workshop for an organisation that is a global organisation with 19,000 employees. And across the globe today, they all did wellbeing workshops. Um, wow. which is incredible um, and very insightful um, organisation and progressive as far as looking after their staff. And apparently it's really hard to get a job there because they retain their staff because they look after their staff um, I mean, in so many different ways. Of yeah. course. I mean, we I haven't heard anything like that. That's phenomenal. Yeah, it's amazing. And, and one of the um, people were talking about the fact of, yeah, we don't hire just on qualifications as a certain type of person who needs to fit this organisation and they live their values like I've never seen before. I'm so impressed. I very rarely get fangirly, but I'm like, oh, this organisation's amazing. Um, so anyway, I'm going to ponder and consider what that means and why Why have they created it like that. But I know that they know the importance of looking after humans um, yes. in amongst it. And all of my dealings with them has been absolutely incredible. So, yeah, I think there's a lot that we can do as a society and we're moving forward together to know the importance of human connection. Yes, I absolutely love that. So, Belle, I'm going to be sharing your information across the socials and with this uh, podcast post. How can the audience connect with you? So I'm fairly active on LinkedIn and it's Belle Ryan, just (laughs) B-E-L. Bell Ryan. My organization is called Ignite Wellbeing Co. So it's ignitewellbeing.com.au and that's the handle on Instagram as well. So um, yeah, probably the easiest thing is either LinkedIn, go through the website, and um, sort of connect with me that way. But I love creating things for organisations, but also holding space for individuals to look at their life and really discover their own potential and the possibilities of unpacking some of that baggage giving it back to some people and discovering what needs to be in that bag for yourself. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I've absolutely loved talking to you about art therapy and about human connection and also what leaders can do out there. It's been absolutely wonderful. Thanks, Marianne. I've really enjoyed it. And um, yeah, gee, we can talk, can't we? (laughs) (laughs) Running out of conversation was never going to happen with the two of us. (laughs) Thank you. It's been wonderful. (laughs) See you soon.